why? Why are you bringing in psychology into business? May I ask? Why? Because everything is about psychology. Everything. Why we do stuff. Why we attempt certain things. Why we have certain conversations. Why we attempt certain entrepreneurial things. It's all psychology. And if we understand the psychology of entrepreneurship, it becomes easier, um, especially when it comes to the feeling that you know, you're not broken and you're not alone and everyone sort of goes through similar sort of stuff in your head. So that's why. Well, that's an easy transition you gave me there. Uh, Ron Sleevas, everybody, uh, that's, that's tuning in. If you're not watching uh, on YouTube or Facebook and you're listening to one of the podcasts, be sure to check him out all over social media. Uh, the main site right now to check out is subscribe.psychologyofentrepreneurship.com, which that is your newest podcast, which is also a documentary style podcast. Um, that, and this is, this, this is definitely different than what most people are doing. It's not like the very typical podcast you tune into. I was listening to a couple episodes and I was like, whoa, what's with all these sound effects and, you know, ins and outs and intros in the middle of the episode. And, and it actually had me kind of intrigued. I had to look at my phone a couple of times to see if I was listening to something else. <laughs> Want to tell us about uh, this fascinating. journey? That's fascinating. Um, Cause I'm very curious about how people interact with my show, mm-hmm. um, especially because of how much work goes into each volume. Um, and, but, you know, I, I, I think Psychology of, an, of Entrepreneurship is my fourth show, fourth podcast. And it's taken me six years, three other podcasts, and over 900 interviews to get to this point to be able to create that show. Um, and it not only be a podcaster, but also create events around podcasting and, and an agency and and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like uh, a lot of my experiences have brought me to the point where this is um, what I'm excited about. So yeah, I'm not sure whether I got the question, but (laughs) we're getting there. We're getting there. We're just picking at your brain. I know it's early. Uh, You are in uh, Brisbane, Australia. So totally across the other side of the the planet uh, from where I'm at in Chicago, which is another pretty badass thing about uh podcasting and and the internet right yeah um but something you talk about you know we are on the internet but you you talk about and this is something you talk about with your guests a lot is how internet is getting in the way right technology constantly getting in the way well I'm, i'm not sure about getting in the way but it's an it's it's a factor that determines a lot of our behavior um we can definitely see the changes in behavior in terms of how we interact with our devices, whether it's phones or iPads or, 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 or watches and, and, and everything else in between, right? It's very different. Can you imagine our parents ever doing that? Like it's, it's, it's very extremely hard to, to do that. Or even, even getting our parents to explain something like being present or presence to us mm-hmm. is kind of like a very, foreign idea because they you know i think we're developing so much quicker 
um, that information is being flooded. We are aware of a lot of more things. But what that is doing is that we're becoming information heavy and feeling less. So we kind of focus on getting busier uh, so that we don't feel. Uh, we focus on things that we can control, um, like obviously having a job and getting money and, and making sure that it comes in on a regular basis is, is control. Um, and I think that's the reason why I decided to go down this path of like understanding what it's like to be inside the mind of a, um, entrepreneur. And I, and I consider a lot of people to be entrepreneurs. Uh, I consider mothers to be the original entrepreneurs because they oh, have yeah? to, yeah, because they have to like, if they don't do their job, someone dies. And I mean, in, 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 wow. in the true sense of the word, right? When it's you think deep. about it's it. It's deep, yeah. Yeah. And when you think about all the stuff they manage and they make sure that is, you know, working, uh, they're a counselor, they're a hug giver, they're a, you know, there's a whole bunch, they do homework, there's a whole bunch of different stuff. They take you to the doctor. Like, think about it. Like, they, you know, they, they create, they're the creators. They, they, they're the original creators. So I think, um, not to discount stay at home no. dads. After, no, 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 after, not, not 100%, 100%. Um, but I think, you know, that care is, is now becoming a thing. It's in a very, it takes a while. It, I think men did not know how to express, we didn't know how to express our emotions properly. So it, it's now that we're trying to, we're, we're, we're dealing with that and we're sitting with it and we can uh, be better parents uh, because we're able to feel and, 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 and deal with that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But it's been an evolution and, um, and it's very different, I think, when the child comes out of you as opposed to... Um, yeah, you, know, you, get, you can't you get beat a, that. We can't beat that part. <laughs> yeah an innocent bystander in the process, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I decided to like interview some baller people from across the planet and, um, and get into their brains. And, and I'm doing every single interview in person. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. It's been phenomenal. Um, I'm liking it quite a lot. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, crazy number you said 900 interviews you've done already in your mm -hmm. lifetime mm -hmm. 900 yeah how how does that even happen that's that's commitment so i'm an introvert um i never knew i was an introvert but i i find the best way to connect with someone is the one-on-one -on -one conversation so i was exposed to podcasting six seven years ago um I started a podcast with $200 in my account and I spent 179 of those dollars on my first kit. Um, and you know, the thing about podcasting is forget the 900 interviews, right? Forget the fact that I interviewed all these people. Forget, forget that I got to meet 900 people. That is yeah. next level. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like someone that goes, has been going to the gym for the last seven years. You know, it, it's, just, it's just exactly like that. It, I don't know whether it's commitment. I think it just becomes part of your everyday thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
this is part of my everyday thing. And especially when you commit to yourself doing it, right? Like you put it out there, I'm going to have these episodes released here, 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 here. So you're going to find those people, those things, right? To constantly keep coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's the responsibility, right? I mean, having the conversation is one thing, but then doing justice to someone who's given you their time and their expertise and then doing justice with that information is the, is the next step. You've got to first figure out one step to then be able to do the next step and then do the next step and then do the next step from there. So initially, when, you first started, when I first started podcasting, I was still learning to interview. Uh, I still learn, I'm still learning to interview. Um, I can look back five interviews and think I, I will do that differently. Hmm, every always five interviews. Yeah, it's all, there's, there's so much um, in terms of listening. Um, but I've made like a, a few interesting decisions. Like I do all my interviews in person. Can you hear me? Not here. You can hear me? So you do, you do all your interviews in person, you said? Yeah, over the last year, I've decided like all my interviews are going to be in person. I do all of them in person. Um, what, what is, how has that changed the interview process and just uh, the quality of the interview? Huge. It's, it's next level. It's like when I first started, I used to do only, only virtual, like without the video because um, at the time it was like, oh, you know, put, cut the video because, you know, it saves the bandwidth and all that kind of stuff. And then one day I decided that I was going to do with a video and I could see people's body language, which was a totally different interview. And what came out was totally different. Then after that, I did my first in-person interview. I think I was like 70 episodes in and it was crazy because I almost lost how to like maintain eye contact with someone while having these, you know, having the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that was a learning curve. And then I realized that if I did an in-person interview in a studio, that took the conversation to a new level. I think everyone shows up differently depending on how or where the situation is. So um, it has changed drastically because I get, um, I get to the soul of the person, I suppose, a lot quicker mm -hmm. because I'm there in person and I get to talk about stuff that is, Deeper, I think, and I crave that. And you mentioned like doing them in person and doing them at a studio. So, what's the difference there? Like, whereas you came to their house, for example, or doing it at a studio get set up? Yeah, I mean, so now for psychology, what I do is I mm -hmm. ask them to pick the spot, and because I go to them, so they get a chance to speak, pick a spot that they're most comfortable with. But what I do notice though, that if they pick a spot that's in a studio, it's a different interview. How so? As opposed, I think they show up differently. They have different ways of expressing themselves. They, they're more clear. It's kind of interesting. It's like they, huh. they go deeper, quicker. Um, you would think the opposite though, because if they pick like their favorite bar and they sit in the back room or something, wouldn't they be more relaxed there? Right? No, I think what happens in a, in a, in a comfortable situation is they're, they think of other things they think of other things when they're sitting in that position, right? So like, for example, if I'm at home, mm -hmm. I'm like sitting and sitting in my favorite chair, I'm looking at the fridge. I'm like thinking, well, okay, that cuckoo clock is going to go off or whatever the fuck, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a distracting spot. 
Um, but a studio doesn't allow that destruction, mm-hmm. you know, to happen. So you're actually really, um, you're really with the person. So it's it's a totally different uh, space, I think. Because yeah. I guess I could see that because you're there for one thing, right? At the end of the day, you're coming there to get this product, to get this done, like this this connection, right? There's not as many yeah. white noise. Well, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be as present as I possibly can for the period of time that I'm with the guest. And I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to ask them one question that will allow them to have a deeper conversation with themselves after I'm gone. Hmm. All right. So that's my goal today. I, that's, I gotta, that's I gotta make yeah, sure that's I my two things. I got to make sure I get to you to make you think the rest of the day. Yeah. That's, that's deep. Go that's for deep. It, I like that. No, and, and the, the podcast just has a different, different feel. It's, it's fresh. It's, it's, uh, it's great. And especially uh, you can see the transition, right, from your other ones to this one. It's a totally different style. Um, how, how much better do you think you got in, in the interview process? Like when did it really click? Like what, 50 interviews in, 500? <laughs> I don't know whether, like, if you listen, there's a volume there, volume four, uh, which mm-hmm. is Tucker Max. And when I interviewed Tucker Max, it was my first series, my first interview in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Tucker's house in Austin. And now Tucker is New York Times bestselling author three times in a row, has been on the New York Times bestseller list for six years, holds the record for longest period of time on and he's in this gated community with, you know, like all the big basketball players and fucking Ryan Holiday and all these guys. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, we get there and I knock on, we, my wife and myself, and we knock on the door and someone on the other side opens another ass, big ass door and Tucker comes out and says, that's the guest house, dude. So, <laughs> so, and I uh. explain in that volume how nervous I was. Um, and how at that point I had done 800 interviews. So, and, and I actually, my first question was a dumbass question. I asked him, does he consider himself to be an entrepreneur? I was so nervous. And this is someone, someone who's built everything around entrepreneurship, right? Um, I mean, so I don't know. You could take that question and look at it from a good perspective. Like, Hey, Maybe he looks at it as a different, like not as entrepreneurship, but something else. He's got his own crazy definition, right? Um, you can spin, spin, you can spin anything the way we want to spin it. Um, but I was nervous. Uh, my wife was watching me work for the first time. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't un, like, it was super uncomfortable for me. Um, but uh, I don't know whether it ever clicks necessarily. I think there's different factors that play uh, into you. Like I was so involved in my emotions that I didn't actually be present enough for Tucker, which I should have. So I think if I get myself out of the way, um, uh, I am a better interviewer. But I don't know when, when it when it gets better. I think every time I do an interview, I get better. I suppose. An interesting point you bring up there, like that you get in the way of how good the interview could be, right? Or how much attention you're giving to somebody else, and. I feel the same way. Sometimes you get like that voice in your head, that tunnel vision, you know, that comes, comes in. Not enough people 
want to talk about this stuff, you know, to show that they're like weak mentally or that, you know, they can't handle something or that anxiety and depression or whatever is real. But that's something I deal with constantly. And I know it's something that you talk about and you're pretty open about it. Um, yeah. how, how has that played a role in, in you just progressing from, you know, here to now, you know, having an audience over three, four million people and just 900 plus interviews? Uh, huge, um, huge. I think, you know, we kind of do stuff to scratch our own itch. So it was totally that for me. Um, How so? In, for me, I think one of the things that really got to me that made, pushed me to do this is I was having enough conversations with friends of mine who, you know, uh, could not handle life anymore. And it got too much for them because they were keeping up a whole bunch of illusions, I suppose, or lies or what, whatever the hell, whatever, whatever it meant to be, whatever entrepreneurship does to us to make, make us be the kind of people we are and, and, and push beyond certain, you know, um, comfort zones, I suppose. So I wanted to understand what happened in the mind of someone who puts themselves out there on a regular basis because it's not. I don't think people understand when someone puts themselves out there what happens and what you open yourself up to. So I wanted to get into that and um, that made me look at myself and made me look at this one key thing, how much I edit myself for the rest of the world. I never really understood that. I never really Mm -hmm. thought that I did that. I just thought, hey, I'm an open book. But no, I edit myself because I'm worried that someone's not going to, or at least I used to be, <laughs> I'm better now. But I, 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 but I still feel the worry, I think. But at what someone else will think of the real Ronsley. And I think that happens to all of us because, mm-hmm. because we, we edit our creation because we kind of go, hey, we'll make it more like that because they're getting good results or we'll make it more like that because I look up to that person and you know, they might think that I've done it this way because of them. Whatever might be, I'm mm-hmm. just making up reasons right now. But, but we forget, like, I suppose, the internal stuff and what happens to us on the inside and how we process all that. Um, so for me, I, I, I got a chance to like, really look at myself and and as a result, I think I'm better with other people uh, because I got to love myself, which I actually really, weirdly enough, um, spoke to myself extremely badly for 39 years of my life. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey. For sure. I mean, where was the breaking point though? Because like, you know, are you 100% now? Like, do you love yourself at all? You know, is this the real you or is it still... I don't think I don't think I don't think there's ever going to be a point where um, it's a hundred percent. It's it's that's a uh, the more I it's like being perfect about my yeah. I think the more I understand about myself, the more I realize how much I don't know about myself. Um, and and the more I uh, love myself, I realize how much I haven't been loving myself. That and I, and I think that's the that's the the honest truth um in the best way i can explain it uh but it's not logical it's not like something that is 
intellectual and it's not something that is like can be explained with a one plus one equals two sort of uh, equation. Um, it's a very feel uh, and going with your intuition uh, sort of situation. And um, I'm 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 kind of enjoying playing in that space for a little while. So you mentioned it took 30, 39 years to kind of, you know, get, get your head straight. W- what were you doing at that point? Like prior, like what, what, where, where was the turning point of kind of hopping into this journey of entrepreneurship and podcasting? So I think I've always been on the journey. I just think mm-hmm. that, um, again, I don't think that there's been like this one big point. I think there's been a collection of different yeah. points. I think, um, like I remember a bunch of different points and I can talk about the re- a couple of the recent ones just that happened this year. I was in Boulder interviewing Philip McKernan for Psychology of Entrepreneurship and he asked me to stay for his two-day event which is called Brave, Brave Mind. Um, and it was a two-day event in Boulder with like the guy that founded Ugg Boots and like the guy that founded Comic Con. Like the entrepreneurs were in this room right and we were all the same and one of the questions he asked at the point at that time when we started the thing was what do you need to stop doing and i was like i'm traveling the world interviewing my heroes like i got an agency that's running i'm like with my wife like i could not i'm doing everything i want to do Mm -hmm. and i just couldn't answer that question and it was like my brain was preventing me almost from answering that particular question. And then it answered itself at the end of the two days. And the answer was that I needed to stop hating my body, which was not even on my fucking radar, right? <laughs> like it was like, I knew it, but it was, I was hearing it for the first time. Um, Cause I remember that even, you know, when I was growing up, I would not want to be, without a shirt because I didn't want to see myself in the mirror to that mm-hmm. extent, right? That kind of like hating your body. And this was like February this year. I'm 15 kilos lighter since then for no other reason. I've not changed anything. Like I'm not changed my diet. I'm not, yeah, I started to run a little bit more now, but I've started to run because I lost weight, not the other way around. <laughs> and it was only because of that one realization that started the snowball effect. So, you know, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. So, so it took someone asking you that question. What is the one thing you can stop? Well, I, I think it took me to be brave enough to go to a point to answer that question for real. Because to be honest, in the first, you know, first two days, I could have very easily said, if someone asked me, I don't have the answer. I could justify it. I could justify that I was doing everything that I wanted to do and I could make up all sorts of reasons of why that was a dumbass question, but it was the best question ever. And like that, there are questions that offend us, which actually is a, is a wound that we're trying to show the world does not exist. And that wound is going to come and fester and become worse and come out in other ways. Um, and that's what I'm hoping to avoid, especially in entrepreneurship. So having a psychology uh, a degree, 
why you know, maybe you have a different perspective on on this on this question why why are we offended so easily nowadays i mean i don't know maybe it was the same back then i, I don't know i wasn't alive 100 years ago but yeah you know it's definitely a thing i think yeah i think uh that's a great question by the way so um and this is something i've never thought of before but i'm going to i'm going to explain it the best way i can so if you go back 20 years or 50 years, the world has never been safer, right? So if you look at how safe the world is now as opposed to like 20 years, 50 years, the world has never been safer. If you think about our parents, our parents actually just cared about, uh, I mean, I'm talking about in general, right? The whole general generation cared about keeping us alive, keep getting us a good education and making sure we made them proud, right? Yep. They were not thinking about like, who offended me or if they did, it was a very short conversation because they actually put all their hopes and faith and everything in the children. Right. And that was that, that was, so we're more safer now. So we care more about different things because the safety is so much that we're starting to look at deeper stuff. So when you feel safe, you start to look at, wait, this trauma that makes me not safe and makes me react certain in a certain way. Why is that? And I think now the easy response is, oh, you offended me. But I could say the same sentence to someone else mm-hmm. and they won't be affected. So why? So what's the common denominator in all, that, all of that? I suppose it also depends on responsibility and how you see the world. If you feel like the world does stuff to you, you will see that same thing very differently. But if you feel like you're responsible for the way the world sees you and that's how you attract stuff, you'll see the world differently. So I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'm just more confused now than I ever was. No. Um, so would you, would you think that it's, would you, do you prefer the way it is now? Like versus if you were alive 50 years ago, do you think it's easier? Like kind of going deeper into that mindset. I don't know about easier. I think, you know, I, I, I think, so I think we've made, we've made out certain things to be easier or harder than it actually is. Um, I just think we're worried about outcomes more these days than the actual work that goes into the outcome. Like people want to like jump to interviewing the top most person without having any experience interviewing anyone else as an example in podcasting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it turns out to be a dumbass interview. It turns out to be just another interview that like everyone else is doing. And uh, I suppose that um, we're impatient because, because time is a thing that we're worried about more than anything else. Like we're kind of going, oh, we're safe. So if an Uber shows, say, seven minutes and it takes nine minutes to show up, I'm going to get mad at the app. <laughs> even though a car is kind of picking it. up from my from the bottom of my building, so you know it's like you know these are the things that that annoy us, like internet or the four the the four G is not working fast enough, so we'll get five G, and you'll see all the trees around you dying. I don't know. I think we're worrying about uh, things, and we're getting disconnected with the actual connection between two people. Um, yeah. And, and with ourselves as well. I think we're losing the connection with ourselves. And that's deep. That's deep. You got me thinking there, especially uh, some great, great, great uh, points you brought up. But now 
Um, since we are kind of getting pressed on time, we do have to move on to our listeners' favorite segment of the show. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. Cool, man. <clears throat> all right. So <clears throat> make yourself comfortable. Not too comfortable, though, because you're going to be thinking, thinking a lot. You get five seconds to just initiate an answer. We don't want you thinking too much about it. Just throwing, throwing out there what Ronsley Maz thinks, what his brain thinks, right? We just want to know. And my producer is constantly, he's just lurking. He's lurking in my home office right now, my home studio. Yeah. He, uh, he gives me a hard time if you, if you go over. So, okay. so you know, no pressure. Yeah. <clears throat> what is your favorite book? The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Yeah, it's like, it's like you knew this was coming. What is your favorite movie? Face Off. Okay. Favorite podcast? Uh, Akimbo by Seth Godin. If you were stranded on an island right now and you had to bring one item with you, can't be a person, what would it be? Huh. <laughs> hey, we want to we want to know what that was. Something popped in your brain. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought of my recording kit, but I, I wouldn't know anyone else to record with. Um, but I think I think it would be really good to keep a, a a recording diary, and I could talk to it, and whoever found it would have been interested. Like so, yeah, maybe 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 my recording kit. You know what? Um, I think that's a bossed to boss exclusive. No one's actually ever said that, and I love that idea. I like that. Thank you for pushing me because I would, <laughs> would have thought of something entirely different. Uh, now you know, you man. Hey, in case this happens to you, now, now you know. Now you know now exactly know. what you need. Yeah. Say uh, you, got, you got $100 million and you can start up any business you wanted. It has to be a business. It can't be your own. It can't just be a, like a non-for-profit. What would it be? Social enterprise, for sure. Um, I am hugely of the opinion that we need to put our voices out there so that we can refine what we have to say and understand our argument better. And as a result, I think we actually don't say anything because we are worried of who will say stuff to us. So I would start uh, uh, a social enterprise that allowed people to, uh, to, to refine their voice and as a result, give voice to uh, projects that um, are hard to listen to, like sex trafficking, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would eradicate sex trafficking from the planet. That would what I would do. I, I like your spin there. Uh, I, I said not, no non for profits, but then it's sort of no. It's a social it. enterprise that yeah. that actually is a full full for profit that eradicates sex trafficking from the planet. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, definitely, definitely a topic that should have even more focus on for sure. Um, say, you know, you're, you're coming into, uh, your interviews, you've done a lot of interviews. What was the one you were most nervous about and the person you interviewed? Um, episode 10 of Bond Apathy podcast, um, before it was even launched, um, I interviewed Daria, Dr. Daria Rose, who is Kevin Rose's wife. She's a PhD in food. I had nothing. I had nothing to show, no presence, no internet, no like nothing, nothing to show for anything. And I couldn't believe she said yes. I couldn't believe we had the conversation and that just blew my mind. Uh, But I was nervous as fuck for sure. (laughs) It's good to look back at though, right? 
Mm. Oh, man. And last but not least, how do you drink your coffee? Black and long. Does that make sense? Um, so in Australia, we call it a long black. And in, in America, and America is an Americano with double shot espresso with hot water. Oh, okay. You know what? I don't think like many people order that. Is that like a more Australian thing? I don't know. I don't think I've ever really heard of that. It's it's a, I mean, we are coffee snobs in Australia. You love so your we coffee. Actually, I know. Oh my I know. God. Um, <laughs> I actually just went. I, so I, have a, I actually have a favorite coffee shop that I pick up my coffee from every morning. And I have, obviously, I have coffee that I make at home and all that kind of jazz. But um, I, before coming to the office, I go, I, I send a text message. They make my coffee. I pick it up and I come to the office. Uh, it's, it's long and it's a double shot espresso with hot water. So it's black. Huh. I love it. Well, you survived. I survived. My producer, Steve Wiley, did not come out. I didn't have to deal with him. So thank you so much. Whew. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fun time, honestly. Uh, everybody be sure to check them out. Uh, go on subscribe.psychologyofentrepreneurship.com. Um, his podcast is available on iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. Um, psychology of entrepreneurship as well as his other podcasts. Um, the bond, the bond appetite podcast. Should I start a podcast? Um, just to name a few. Uh, is there, is there another place you want to send people to? No, no, that's, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm creating this for, for people who are putting their work out there. So um, if that's who you are, I, I would love for you to check it out. It's more that you feel like you're not alone and you have everyone kind of deals with the stuff that goes on in your head. So yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Definitely, Ronsley. It's been a pleasure having you on. Definitely looking forward to, uh, to this journey and, and what comes next. Thanks, man. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two boss.com. And remember, the time is now. <laughs>